0: Welcome, nerd! Are you ready to launch 131st Expedition into Nerdom? Preparing for launch? Cueing bitchin' rockabilly track. Priming engines. Now dusting off your long boxes. Unencrypting files for Comics TV Movies Wrestling Launching ANS in three, two, one. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is The Amazing Nerd Show. So Christian,
1: I was sorting through my long boxes, just doing a little organizing, some, you know, some spring cleaning, if you will. Um, And I actually came across the first comic book I ever bought. Um, None other than the official handbook of the Marvel Universe, The Book of the Dead, issue number 17. (laughs) Um, The backstory on this is, like, a friend of mine brought it to lunch one day in grade school, and I became absolutely fascinated with the fact that these, like, characters that I only really knew at the time from, like, you know, the cartoons, the Saturday morning cartoons, Mm. like, you know, uh, Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends and Super Friends, but I became fascinated by the fact that they could die and i mean i don't know if that makes me warped (laughs) but you know green goblins on the cover and everything and you know you get this full bio from him and then you see in the little panel below like you know his long shot like him getting impaled by his glider like my my mind was fucking blown like i was completely hooked at that point like i ran to the store to get this very issue (laughs) And then after that, like I collected like the rest. Um, I, I was just completely obsessed. That was really the seed that like planted my like comic book fandom. Do no, you absolutely. remember like your? I mean, it's pretty fucked up. I don't get me wrong. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need you analyzing me, Christian. But <laughs> do do you remember the first comic book? Um, you bought it. I'm I'm hoping that it's more fucked up than mine.
0: Uh, it it's it's not. <laughs> <laughs> The first one I bought was definitely V for Vendetta, but that was when the movie came out and I was at full angst, you know. And I, I needed a book about rebellion. Oh yeah, I saw it first at the actual like high school library, and I was like, oh well, I need to buy this and take it home. Uh, So that's that was like my first one I bought. Now the first like books I ever like had like in my possession were like old like uh, Ultimate Spider-Man issues and. Um, random torn up Spider Woman issues that I just happened to read. And like I'd, I'd pick them up here and there I, um, on free comic book day. But beyond that, you know, I, I wasn't huge into it until probably high school where I started reading Snyder's Run and started reading like Batman through and through from that point on.
1: So you're a late bloomer, but there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, like
1: I, I I, think, you know, I, for me, like in grade school, it was like always on and off with the books and everything like that. And then it was really like when like Tim Burton's Batman came out in like 1989 and everyone had like Batman fever. Like that birthday, I remember like taking my parents to the comic book store and like, you know, buying anything that had Batman on it. So I left the store. Once again, (laughs) with The Killing Joke and Death in the Family, (laughs) which, I mean, for a 12-year-old, it's pretty, like, heavy reading material. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I will say, because of those two books, once again, I was hooked, and I became, like, the fanboy I am. But, yeah, no, I remember, like, you know, my parents coming to the room and me actually, like, kind of hiding them. Like, I was reading something I shouldn't have. And I probably shouldn't have been, like, you know, reading those books at 12. But, you know, it is what it is. But I was kind of, like, hiding them almost like they were, like, porn magazines or something. Mm. Um, and then I remember that night, like, having, like, the most, like, vivid nightmares. And then I actually, like, woke up, like, the next day, like, sick to my stomach. Um, and you know, at the time, I, I blamed the books. I'm sure it was probably more because I ate like too much birthday cake or whatever. But you know, for me, it was like, no, this these books are evil and they're they're infecting me. Um, especially the Killing <laughs> Joke that like stuck with me. Um, mm-hmm. But like after that, like like I I was I was set. Like I
0: w- I was a fanboy for life. No yeah it was definitely like getting to read books that were darker like The Killing Joke and stuff like that that made me much more interested in comics and heroes and stuff like that not just seeing you know you know your boy scout characters and stuff like that even like you know reading's never been my forte so it was just like getting over that hump and finally reading these characters, uh, the way that they should be written and stuff like that. That's, that's what made me a long-term fan. And even that like got me on to finding even darker stories, like fucking manga that's out there like berserk mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you know, that, that led into like becoming an anime fan and stuff like that. So comics are definitely rooted in me. I just, you know, took me a little longer to get there
1: and Like I said, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you hmm. got there. That's all that matters. I mean, it. <laughs> I think as a medium, it doesn't get enough respect. You know, it doesn't get the respect that it really deserves hmm. because it is such a great storytelling medium. And you look at it like finally, like Hollywood picked up on that. I was like, oh, shit, everything's storyboarded for us. Like literally <laughs> all these th- these fantastic stories. And literally we've got shot for shot
0: of like how it's supposed to look. So anyway, All help comic books. Let's talk some news. But before we move on, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. And while you're at it, give us a five-star review and DM us a
1: screenshot. Not only will we read it on the show, but we'll send you some amazing nerd show swag. All right, Christian. Speaking of which, we have a five-star review to read this week from uh, Android Paul. It says, New listener um i love the show guys helps me get through the stress of work it's awesome to get all my nerd info from wrestling to horror to star wars to video games all in one convenient spot keep up the good work guys no thank you android paul yeah go ahead and dm us your address and we'll go ahead and we'll send you some show swag every week we collect the biggest headlines and rumors in nerddom. we're not mild-mannered reporters we're mere podcasters with opinions all right, David, first up, Javicia Leslie cast as the CW's new Batwoman. That's right. Ruby Rose has officially been replaced. Um, CW officially announced this Wednesday that they found their new Batwoman. Javicia Leslie, best known for her role in God Godfriended Me, will be playing the new iteration of Batwoman in Season 2 starting this January. Leslie will be portraying Ryan Wilder, a character whose arrival they've been talking about for months, I guess. Um, and they went ahead and they did us a favor by writing up a whole little character bio for us to read, Christian. Uh, Ryan has spent years as a drug runner, uh, dodging the GCPD and masking her pain with bad habits. Today, Ryan lives in her van with her plant, a girl who would steal milk from an alley cat and also could kill you with her bare hands. <laughs> Ryan is the most dangerous type of fighter, highly skilled and wildly undisciplined, an out lesbian, athletic, raw, passionate, fallible, and very much not your stereotypical all-American hero. Uh, She's supposed to be a really talented actress. Welcome aboard, I guess. (laughs) I guess maybe I need to start watching the show. (laughs) People are really – I mean, it's got a good following. so. Mm. I was sad to see Ruby Rose go, but I guess it just didn't work out uh, for various reasons. It sounds like um, she's on board with it. She, you know, went on Twitter and congratulated her and everything like that, and told her that you know she was inheriting a great show and a great cast. So um, you know, who knows? Maybe you know she'll eventually pop back
0: up again. You know, we'll see. Do you think? Do you think she was originally going to be like a, a Catwoman type character? Because the way that they put uh, stealing milk from an alley cat, just that's immediately what pops into my mind.
1: Oh, you're saying maybe that this bio was written before yeah. um, they decided to have the character take um, uh, Batwoman's place? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Because that, yeah, that line did kind of stand out. I was like, what? Who says that? <laughs> <laughs> was this written in like the 1940s? Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, you know, they did, I guess the showrunner came out and he was kind of going back and forth whether or not if they were just going to go ahead and replace Batwoman with a different actress, you know, and have her, you know, have her play Kate Kane. Um, But then he decided just to go ahead and I guess, you know, write a whole different character and, you know, have, you know, Kate Kane still be part of the show, but like there's a whole mystery now like you know involved
0: with her it's a mystery <laughs> why she's gone uh, sure i mean i guess that's at least a creative way of going about it rather than just being like hey we have a new kk move on with your lives yeah you know i guess yeah yeah i mean
1: that's work too we've seen that <laughs> before so um but it, i don't know it, it'll be cool if they can actually bring her back you know at least for a couple episodes here and there so, and hey, if you get a brand new fucking, you know, character out of it, so be it. You know, I'm sure DC will be writing her into the comics sooner than later. I'm sure we'll hear more at their event. Yeah, that's true. That that's coming up soon. So, um, speaking of which, we are hearing rumors that there's going to be a live action Zantana movie. Um, we heard that in the DC fandom event, there's some secret movies that are going to be uh, revealed, and Xantana seems to be one of them. Christian, um, the report has little on the way of specifics, um, especially with details, but uh, you know. You know, we've heard Zantana's name being floated out there in the mm. past. Now with J.J. Um, Abrams uh, doing uh, Justice League Dark, it makes sense. Uh, I would be surprised if it's a full-on movie, especially if she's part of that series. I could see her, like, getting her own show or maybe, you know, a miniseries or something like that. But maybe they feel like the, the show's going to be strong enough where they can spin out, you know, a couple, like, solo movies.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't put it past Warner Brothers to try to, you know, copy what the MCU is doing with Disney Plus with HBO Max, you know, that makes uh, sense. try to make something that works on that same plane. Um, I, I mean, I'm excited. I like Xantana as a character and I think she's movie worthy. So, I mean, are you like, are you a big fan of the character? Yeah, I really enjoy her solo series and Justice League Dark. So,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, it's an interesting choice for a solo movie. I'm not the biggest like Xantana fan. But, you know, I could see it working, um, you know, especially if they're going to be tying in with Justice League Dark. So, and, mm-hmm. you know, with Bad Robot behind it, I'm sure,
0: you know, it'll be fantastic. Uh, I don't know, though. Uh, who do you see playing Santana Christian? Yo, know, uh, at first, I actually wrote down like a whole fucking list of names and started scratching people off. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're really excited for this, huh? Um, at first, I was thinking like Sophia Lills, but she's she's too young, I feel, for the role oh yeah
1: she's she's a bit young uh
0: uh-huh uh but i started thinking maybe florence Pugh or even um kieran shipka she's from um sabrina
1: oh okay okay i see what you did there all right Uh (laughs) she can slink some magic throw her in there right exactly (laughs) um how about uh jessica henwick I could totally see that. I just want to see Jessica Henwick and more stuff. So Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But same goes for Karen Gillian. I also I like to see Karen Gillian and more stuff. So Mm. that was my next thoughts. Um, But, you know, those are both Marvel holdovers. So I don't know if DC will dip their toes in that, you know, (laughs) pond. Um, It seems like, you know, both of you have been a little hesitant once in a while. So, I mean, that m- might be the case, too, with Florence Pugh. We'll see. Exactly.
0: She might be the next Black Widow, apparently. Apparently, we'll see. We'll see. So I have
1: <laughs> theories about that, but we'll talk about that later. Speaking of Xantana, her on-again, off-again love interest, uh, John Constantine, is also rumored to be getting his own film uh, produced by J.J. Abrams. Um, this is just a rumor. It's not been confirmed by anyone Uh, But I guess Keanu Reeves' name, of course, popped up again because, you know, we're just living in Keanu Reeves' world right now. (laughs) And he did play Constantine in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, There is an article out there where he's, like, expressed interest in, like, you know, revisiting the role. Uh, Would you be on board with a Constantine movie?
0: I would. I think um, Keanu is a little too old for the role at this point. But I could totally, I could totally see it working. He's, you know, John Wick kind of fits in that type of character role, but, you yes. know.
1: Yes, he can do brooding well. So exactly. I, I definitely feel like it's a fit for him. Um, you definitely couldn't cast Sophia Lills, though, as <laughs> <Exactly>. Anteano. <though>. Because <laughs> we're talking about a 40-year difference. Because uh-huh. Keanu's got to be in his mid-50s at this point, I'm guessing. Yes, absolutely. So <laughs> Once again, I'm kind of, like, wondering how true this rumor really is. Like, I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if people are getting their wires crossed here. Because I could definitely see Abrams using Constantine in, like, his Justice League Dark series. It would only make sense. So maybe a spinoff series or something. But more likely, I feel like it's just, you know, him, like, planning on casting Constantine into his show. So, but, I mean, maybe HBO Max is going to go all out and... You know, all these characters are going to spin off into their own like movies and shows. Who knows? Yeah, I think that's a great idea, but yeah. You know. As long as they're quality. Mm. <laughs> Sounds great to me,
0: <laughs> but make sure they're fucking good first <laughs> before before you start announcing a bunch of movies. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Well, up next, Leigh Winnell and talks to direct Ryan Gosling starring Wolfman for Blumhouse and Universal.
1: Yes. So this was rumored a while back that Gosling is attached to be in Wolfman. I still don't know if this is confirmed, Um, Hmm. but deadlines now reporting that Leigh Whannell is going to be uh, well, he's at least negotiating to be directing the Gosling film. I know Gosling actually like helped with the script. At least that's what the rumor was (laughs) and that there was an opportunity where he thought he might actually direct and star in the film. But now it seems like they're going to be using Winnell. And after the success of The
0: Invisible Man, I mean, why the fuck not, right? hmm I mean, that's the last good Bloomhouse film so far this year. <laughs> is it Blumhouse or is it Blumhouse? I don't know, man. We need I to say both the, all the time. I think it's Blum. I think it's Blum. Blum. Blum, Blum, Let's Blum. go with Blumhouse. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, Blumhouse
1: has been shitting the bed lately, so. Exactly. <laughs> Except for The Invisible Man, so. Uh, but no, I, it, this is going to be underneath their umbrella. Um, they have uh, screenwriters aboard uh, from Orange is the New Black, um, Rebecca Angelo, and Lauren Shucker Blum. I don't know if they're related to, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Blum? I'm
0: probably keeping it close to the family, right? <laughs> as long as she can write, I don't care, man. Give mm. me some Wolfman. All right, Damon, we got some trailers this week. Uh, Starting off, we had Halloween Kills. right damon the big news is out the trailer release but also the date has been moved how do you feel about it yeah
1: they're moving it to next october uh which i think at this point was kind of a given so it is what Mm -hmm. it is i mean it sucks but you know at this point i'm numb to it (laughs) i'm just not gonna see a movie in a movie theater this year i guess so (laughs) it is what it is man (laughs) um I felt like they're just trying to throw us a bone here. Uh, This was Mm. barely a teaser. (laughs) It's Basically a continuation of, you know, the end scene from Halloween 2018. Uh, We get them in the back of the pickup truck. They see fire trucks flying by, um, probably heading to her house to put out the fire. And Jamie Lee Curtis freaks the fuck out. Um, You know, all right, cool. Uh, We get a little flash of Michael, obviously. Spoilers, Mm. he's alive. (laughs) So, uh, I am excited for this. You know, I'll always be excited for a new Halloween movie. I mean, it just sucks we have to wait a whole, you know, year and a half, right? (laughs) Math, whatever. You're in like four months.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) Still sucks, regardless. I mean, how fucking crazy would it be, though, if that was all just, you know, a play, and then out of nowhere it goes totally Halloween 3, and it's like a totally different story all of a sudden. What? Oh, like, you mean
1: like Season of the Witch?
0: Yes. Oh. Well, that'd be horrible, Christian.
1: (laughs) I still haven't forgiven Season of the Witch. I can watch it, and I enjoy it for what it is, but... (laughs) I want so Season of the Witch, you know they played back in the day in the 80s they used hmm. to play these movies on like you know our local TV channels like WGN I'm from Chicago so like you know during the Halloween season we got tons of great horror movies you know like mainstream modern horror movies for the time uh, So I remember seeing you know in the TV Guide Halloween 3. And I was a huge fucking horror nut at that point, and I was like, okay, I'm staying up, and I'm watching Halloween 3, and I'm just sitting there the entire fucking movie, waiting, waiting for Michael Myers to show up. And guess what? He never did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except for a little scene on the TV. But yeah, now I can go back and like, okay, well, the movie's good for what it is. I just wish it wasn't called Halloween, so... Uh, but anyway, that was a whole rant for, you know, nothing. <laughs> I'm obviously still very frustrated about this uh,
0: delay. <laughs> All right. Um, another trailer we got was for the Umbrella Academy. All right. First off, I want to say we brought the end of the world back here with us. Oh, my God. Again? My cult is going to be so pissed. I told him we had until 2019. We have until Monday. The clock is booming
1: everything in our new life is connected from the plot to assassinate the president that can't be a coincidence
0: none of us are supposed to be here right if we know something changes the timeline we have to make it right again before everyone and everything we know is dead
1: so i was super excited to finally get this trailer Um, I love the first season. The second season is only like a couple weeks away. Um, It looks like the apocalypse has followed, you know, our favorite, you know, former child heroes back to the sixties. The sixties aesthetic just fits, you know, this show Mm -hmm. so well. So, I mean, we're seeing some off the wall characters right off the bat. I mean, the trailer is very much a montage. uh, So, I mean, you don't really know what the story is. I know in the books, possible spoilers um they have an arc where they're trying to make sure that jfk gets assassinated so oh, okay.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um and maybe that's perhaps what they're doing here i don't know that for a fact though so because i mean the comic and, and the show have been kind of you know i know loosely following each other so mm-hmm. uh we, we shall see i'm interested to see the kids like interact uh with the father um so we got a brief glimpse of that in the trailer to see what that's Mm -hmm. like uh you know and see if they get any like resolutions
0: uh so uh but yeah no i'm looking for i'm looking forward to a good time no, absolutely. I mean, I was a little bit more sour on the first season, but seeing this trailer and just how they, conti- well, you how didn't they continue, how they finished the first season, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so how can you be sour? <laughs> I was sour because I, I lost interest. That's uh-huh. all I'm trying to You're say. You're
1: impatient fuck. <laughs> you got five episodes in. <laughs> It's like halfway through.
0: <laughs> well, with this trailer and how visually stunning it is, and how the first season was very awesome had some awesome visuals, and this continues it on. I, I'm kind of curious to see how it went and where we went from there and how we get there. So Nope, sorry. You don't get to watch it. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll just cancel sorry. my Netflix subscription now. <laughs>
1: Oh, I'm going to cancel it for you, Christian. <laughs> like, don't you dare let this man watch this. He doesn't deserve it. <laughs> How dare you?
0: No, <laughs> Yo, check out the uh, first
1: season. Get your head out of your ass, too, while you're at it. <laughs> Not like I don't have time, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> what the fuck do you have to do? All right, Christian, we got another trailer this week also. Yes, for the boys.
0: I know we've been through some shit together. This is a fucking mess. We're the most wanted lads in the country.
1: So what's your big plan? You'll love it. I won't love it. I never love it. Never fucking
0: love it. Noted. All right, Christian, what did you think of this trailer? Um, It looks fucking as good as the first season so i'm super excited i'm, I'm seriously ex- interested in seeing how butch got out of that scenario at the end of the first season yeah right <laughs> like the <laughs> fact that they're e- he's even alive is just amazing so <laughs> well i mean we'll see where it goes from there but you know it looks just as good as the first season it seems that they're you know just picking up where they left off giving us that fucking awesome brutal uh superhero story and i'm totally down to see how they handle everything going forward
1: yeah no this was definitely one of my favorite shows um mm-hmm. last year so i'm happy that it you know the second season's already here so i mean was it september 4th Oh uh, yes okay yeah man th- yeah this year's gonna be all about tv i guess i mean it is what it is
0: right we're all stuck inside might as well watch a few shows right? no
1: we've got a lot of great shows coming up so it's 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 easy to kind of forget that with you know all the doom and gloom (laughs) when it Mm. comes to like hollywood but there's a lot of good shows on the horizon so something to look forward to all right well that does it for news this week All right, Christian,
0: this week's news and rumors were sponsored by MyFeed. That's right. At MyFeed, you can get more pop culture news and stories that we might not even cover on the show. I'm talking stories about your favorite celebs and more, all on their new app and website. That's right. With
1: MyFeed, get a full 360 view of everything happening in pop culture today. No bullshit
0: news, no clickbait, just trendy news about the people you care about. My favorite part of the app is that you can even follow your favorite actors and get notified whenever they're announced in a new role or other news and even get updates on their most recent social media posts without even following them. Yeah, go ahead and check out our show notes and learn how to find
1: MyFeed and download the app today. Get ready to make MyFeed your feed. All right, Christian, this week we both checked out the Netflix series Warrior Nun. And now our feature presentation. Whoever bears a halo is a new champion, a warrior or not.
0: I'm sorry, can we maybe jump to the
1: part where any of this has anything to do with me?
0: Hell will rise up, heaven will fall. How did our greatest weapon against evil end up in an unbeliever? The halo is a gift. You're God's champion. It will enhance whatever natural abilities you already possess. Ladies and gentlemen, we're entering a new era of enlightenment heaven does exist, because I discovered a gateway to it. After waking up in a morgue, an orphan teen discovers she now possesses superpowers as the chosen Halo Bearer for a secret sect of demon hunting nuns. This is based off the comic book by Ben Dunn, Warrior Nun Ariella. So I'm going to apologize right off the bat. Um,
1: This is going to be more of a rant than a review. (laughs) Uh... Because the show was very frustrating, you know. It, in a way, that's a good thing because I feel like there was potential there. But man, they made it difficult. Um, so let's get into it. If I if I had to sum up Warrior Nun with one word, unfortunately, it would have to be uneven. Um, from the storytelling to the performances to the special effects, this show is incredibly uneven. I'm going to use that word a lot during this review. Uh, Light spoilers ahead. In our first episode, we're introduced to this secret sect of demon hunting nuns, Uh, and what I thought was like a really like refreshing kind of way of you know doing so. Like they, you know, we jump right into this firefight, and their like backs are against the wall. Um, the scene is just a nice way to like get to know their dynamic and get an idea who's who without a lot of exposition. It feels like just a great way to like you know jump start this action adventure series and let the audience know that hey, you're in for a ride but unfortunately that wasn't the case at all. What happens next is, we are treated to about five or six episodes of this, like, fish-out-of-water story with our main character, Ava. Um, she's now the Halo Bearer, <laughs> and she's played by Elba Baptista. And her performance is fine. Like, she's very charismatic in the role, you know, except when they're having her do this, like, inner monologue thing. um, It, it just feels so unnecessary, and the dialogue, you know... It, it, it's just very wooden, um, you know, and that's uh, that's kind of a theme throughout the whole series. The dialogue is very hit or miss. You know, once again, uneven. There's that word. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, the exchanges between characters are great. And then sometimes they feel like they're written by a 12-year-old. It just was, you know, very frustrating and mind-boggling at times. So, but anyway, so... <laughs> We're watching her, like, really, you know, struggle with her new life in these first, like, you know, five episodes, which is half the season, by the way. Um, You know, trying to figure out who she is, what's her new role in the world, will she accept this great responsibility she now has, Um, you know, will she kiss the boy, will she, will she... Oh, my God, it was so frustrating, I mean and just dull, like, listen, I'm all for long-form storytelling, and this is definitely a show that's embracing the way Netflix allows series to, like, break that typical formulaic way of doing TV, um, that, you know, that they, you know, how they used to do things in the past, if you will, like, you know, by just devoting this much time to Eva. It it felt like such a huge mistake. And I understand you want to build your characters. But, like, once again, that's plural. Like, characters. Like, we were so focused on Ava. Like, you know, we just really gave the shaft to everyone else in the whole series. Um, Which is really unfortunate. So, but, you know, but anyway. Like, and I, we're introduced to, like, you know, this group of friends. And we spend a lot of time with them. Um, And there's this potential love interest and I understand What they represent it's like, you know, it's this like life that Ava's always like dreamt of Um, You know this like hair-free world that she can now have but (laughs) This show is called warrior Nun, not fucking Dawson's Creek Um, When I saw like the trailer I was picturing sister act with less singing and more stabbing but that's not what you get in the first half Yes, it's like sprinkled in here and there, but it's not nearly enough to maintain my interest. Like, I know Joss Whedon isn't super popular right now, and trust me, I understand why, Um, but I'm a big Buffy and Angel fan, and yes, those shows had their fair share of drama, but the whole premise of the show was this like clever allegory, you know, about growing up and relationships. I know it's unfair to compare the shows, but they always did such a great job of blending all the action and adventures, scares, the drama. There was a balance, but not here, not here at all. i <laughs> not with this show. And oh, yeah, the crew that she like is hanging out with, you know, Ava's like new best friends. They just like disappear around episode six and, you know, And guess what? That's when the show actually starts to pick up. (laughs) This show works best when the nuns are together. Go figure. Um, They have good chemistry, and they're all really likable. The performances are strong, and the story is interesting. You know, the mystery and the lore, you know, of the series needs some work, but we've only really scratched the surface because there's some, like, major twists that happen near the end but overall when the show is clicking on all cylinders it can be really entertaining um there are glimmers of hope and potential but you don't really get to see it until like the last three episodes which is just crazy um it's almost like they like switch showrunners like halfway through um it, it made no sense um you know and I don't know if it's just bad storytelling structure or horrible editing but it really did feel like two different shows uh also like the season was just in desperate need of a big bad um and I think we got that at the end of the season um but it, it felt way too late if you ask me speaking of which um let's talk about the demons in this series and you know brief sidebar um slight spoilers there are these demons that are like popping up throughout you know the first you know season of the show and they really don't pull them off at all and i'm sure it's due to like budget restraints but if that's the case then you need to accentuate your strengths you know not dig in your heels with these fucking awful looking demons like use sound use lighting use acting keep them in the shadows you know but instead we get these dollar store like Zack Snyder CGI messes um that just take you completely out of the scene unfortunately but anyway so overall (laughs) to sum it up I know it didn't sound like you know in this review that like I don't know that there were some entertaining aspects of this show but like (sighs) There was. It's it just a case of us not getting enough of them, if that makes any sense. Like, Jesus Christ, stick with the fucking nuns. <laughs> Tell their story. <laughs> because there's chemistry there. Keep them together. Give them a target. Show me some warrior nunning, goddammit. Um, just far too few action sequences going on, um, you know, for this first season. I think if they like recalibrate their storytelling, there might actually be like a salvageable show here. Um, but I might be being way too kind. I don't know. Christian, t- tell me what you thought, man.
0: No, yeah. The, the biggest disservice to this show is that they don't focus enough on the nuns. I completely fucking agree with all that. Um, and and I feel like the character that you know that, that they should have you know, really let us bond with other than the main character, was fucking Shotgun Mary. I mean, we get introduced to this concept or this um, idea that these two characters are very similar throughout the show. Um, I think it's around episode. I'm I, I'm trying to be... I'm going to be a little vague because I don't want to spoil anything for anyone that is interested in the show. But there is there is a point where these two characters, you know, end up having a small little journey together for an episode and they find out that they're very similar and alike because they both, you know, don't have huge ties to the church and, you know, they're not... They're not in it for God, but they're in it for, you know, for family. Uh, And I thought a very, like, sitting there, I'm thinking, you know, how would I have changed the way that they paced those first, like, five episodes? And, like, the first thing that comes to my mind is focus on Shotgun Mary during every single slow part. You know, you have her going on these missions to, like, try to figure out what happened to her best friend um, throughout it the entire time. You know, you would have her, you know, going out doing some badass shotgun Mary type shit, you know? You know, fucking people up with these shotguns. And and you, you would think that would be happening throughout those, and really, that would fix the pacing so much. And then you also get to tell this story where it's like you're seeing... Um, Ava go through her journey and her go through that journey, and then they meet up and they're able to like combine these stories and fucking, you know, find you know each other and within each other. It, it, it would have, I thought that would have been such a fucking great. Christian, me- pump
1: the brakes. You want yeah. shotgun Mary <laughs> to actually use her shotguns?
0: That's crazy, yeah. man. I- <laughs> how amazing would that be? <laughs> There's so much fucking um, tell me instead of showing me throughout this throughout those first six episodes like the fact that like we don't get to see any badass nunnery until like episode fucking seven it's just it blows my goddamn mind um one of the one of the biggest offenses in this show though is the fact that they're supposed to be like ninjas right and very super discreet and then there's this whole fight between two of the nuns in front of everyone and they even bring it up in, during the fight like oh we have to make sure that no one sees us but then while they're saying that someone fucking walks behind <laughs> them like oh, just an average civilian it's, it's little things like that little details I don't know if it's just like someone on set wasn't con- like doing their job as the continuity person but it was just driving me fucking insane it's just there's so many pacing issues and so it's, it's like they just decided to make a giant epilogue a season and i just i couldn't once i got to the ending i just couldn't stand it um you know one of the big things people do praise this show on is choreography and when we do get to see them fight it's so awesome you know it's great Uh, except for shotgun mary because for some reason she doesn't know how to fight with her shotguns even though that's her big her big fucking thing even in the final fucking episode she's just swinging them around like it's it's yeah it's like... It's her whole fucking gimmick. Like stupid. <laughs> it's her, her whole, whole gimmick. It's her fucking
1: shotguns. Use them, <laughs>
0: goddammit. Um, but yeah, like what you were saying with, um, you know, if if you have budget constraints like that, you know, I go back and I think, you know, like if you can't focus on these demons and you can't show them off too much, you know, like one of the big things in Stranger Things season one was like they would like do lighting techniques and stuff like that to hide the shitty... Um, <laughs> Uh, Demogorgon running around during that time and like you know it's it's very apparent but it's it was it was sellable you know you were able to watch it and move forward and hide your enemy a little bit it it was there and it was very present but at the same time you know it they didn't focus on it so much that it ruined the rest of the show seeing these like dust demons flying around just didn't look right and didn't feel right throughout the entire show um and that was that was another thing i I just i felt like ava could have just been running around finding demons and stuff like that but obviously maybe that that is the issue maybe they just didn't have the money to do so um and i don't know if that's a comic book issue or the the storytelling i can't tell where you know that is because i haven't read the books but man man was this yeah. show frustrating but uh, yeah but it still wasn't as bad as lock and key those kids you know, <laughs> fuck themselves. all right yeah i mean i definitely don't think it's you know based off the comic book because
1: the comic book if you look mm-hmm. at those covers they feel like they're very action oriented so i, I don't gotcha. feel like you know they got that thread you know that storytelling style from the comics mm-hmm. um But, yeah, no, I agree 100% with everything It definitely feels like they kind of lost focus of what the show was supposed to be like. And, you know, to bring back Mm -hmm. comic books, it definitely felt like issue zero, um, you know, which is usually the epilogue issue. (laughs) You know, after the book starts, you know, they go back and kind of tell you what happened, you know, before, you know, the most recent story arc. That's issue zero. And this whole season felt like issue
0: zero. And that's insane. I agree. (laughs) Well, well, with that said, would you pick up issue one? Would you pick up the next season? I think I will, because I felt like
1: there were, once again, glimmers of hope where I, I, I you know, mm. those last couple, you know, episodes, I felt like gave me something that I'd actually enjoy, Um, except for the ending. The ending is atrocious. I won't spoil it, but it just felt lazy and <laughs> just a real bullshit way to end the season. Mm. Um, But, you know, besides that, like I was actually like my interest was peaked you know, by the last episode. And I was like, okay, this is the series I signed up for. So I probably will at least check it out and give it maybe a couple episodes before I, you know, decide whether or not, you know, mm. I'm going to keep on watching. Um, I feel like it deserves at least that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Your whole season shouldn't be a pilot no, episode. I agree. You know? <laughs> I agree. Uh, what would you give this series as a grade? Um,
1: I'm going to go ahead and... I'm going to give this show a C minus. It's only really getting that high of a grade, you know, just solely based on like potential and because I liked, you know, some of the characters they introduced us to, um, but it's solely on that alone.
0: Yeah, I'm going to give it a D plus and that grade might drop the more I think about the show. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's for those same reasons where I there is a lot of potential there. It just didn't execute on any of that potential. <laughs> I need a story with the beginning, middle and end or it's not a story.
1: You anymore. know what? It, it was Iron Fist. You... That's that's very true. <laughs> it was it was the first <laughs> season of Iron Fist. Where you're like, where the fuck is the goddamn Kung Fu? What the hell's going on? <laughs> like, you turn on a show called Warrior Nun, you expect some fucking hmm. warrior nunning. What the hell's going on? <laughs> Not this teen drama bullshit. I don't know, man. Hey, don't get me wrong. I love me some Pacey, okay? Like, <laughs> you know, that's cool. If that's your bag, all right. You know, and like I said, I'm a Buffy and Angel fan. There's plenty of drama there, but you gotta blend it. You got to give some action mm. in between the lines.
0: So, but no, absolutely. Yeah, they did it. They absolutely do, do that. Here. <laughs> Fellas, are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. Don't be the guy at the beach with a bear rug on your chest. And if you put on some quarantine weight, the least you can do is be as smooth as a baby seal. The worst feeling in the
1: world is that first day on the beach and you're rocking your brand new European-style bathing suit and it looks like you're smuggling some Ewoks down there. You know what I mean. That's why I love Manscaped. Manscaped is dedicated to
0: helping you level up your full body grooming game. They have forever changed the game with their Perfect Package 3.0. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with essential lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. If you're in need of a chest shave, this is the best trimmer on the market. This third
1: generation trimmer features skin safe technology to reduce manscaping accidents. Don't accidentally shave off your nipple like Christian did. You can also adjust the settings to get the length that you like, and you can stay on top of it with almost no effort at all. You can even trim our show logo into your promised land
0: if you're bold enough. Go ahead and DM Christian and show us
1: your nerd love.
0: Be sure to use their crop cleanser to keep your hair and skin healthy. It's an all-in-one formula, so it's as good for your chest hair as it is for your skin. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an
1: anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. You'll also find the Crop Reviver,
0: a testy toner that's designed to give you pep in your step. Subscribe to the Perfect Package and get a new blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer, delivered to your door every three months. For a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag at a $39 value, and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you visit manscapecom slash nerd show. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. That's right, people. Get 20% off and free shipping when you visit
1: manscapecom slash nerd show. That's 20% off with free shipping by going to manscapecom slash nerd show. Trim your chesticles with the besticles and tell them the nerd sent you.
0: Well, all right, Damon, we got some wrestling
1: to talk about. Christian, I disagree with you. We have some great wrestling to talk about.
0: All right, man. Let's get into it. What's in my hands is something that basically is my full body of work. What's in my hands was created with my blood, my sweat, my tears. What's in my hands is the FTW World Championship.
1: All right, Christian, as a wrestling fan, I live for Wednesday nights. Um, it's like the one day of the week where I can just drown out all the negativity surrounding the wrestling world and just enjoy some good fucking wrestling. Um, and we we're lucky enough this past two weeks, both shows, NXT and AEW, were running two week long special events, um, Firefest and uh, the Great American Bash. So uh let's go ahead and let's get into it. Let's just we're not gonna break down the full cards because you know at this point, you know, I feel like it's too late for that. Um let's just go ahead and let's talk about some of our highlights. Let's let's talk the first
0: week. Um with AEW, Christian, what stands out for you? Yeah, you know, surprisingly, my favorite two matches would have been are actually Sheeta and Ford and Private Party versus the Inner Circle. Which, you know, I I thought I'd be saying Cody versus Jake Hagar and Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus the best friends, you know. But for some reason, I'm, you know, one of my big issues with AEW is that the women's division just didn't feel developed yet. And, you know, getting to see a great match out of them uh, between Sheeta and Ford, I thought that was, you know, the right step in the right direction. And hopefully we can see more going forward. I hope they you know build better storylines for the women and everything but this was such a really well done match um and then you know private party is continuing to get better they've had some rough weeks uh, yeah over the last few weeks or so but this was a really good match and I was really happy to see that they're getting better and I fucking love Santana and Ortiz already so no they're that that was those were those big matches. They're a great for me. team. Um you know, for me it was really Jurassic Express
1: um versus uh MJF and Warlow. I, I really you mm. know, I love Jungle Boy and I love MJF and their chemistry that they have together. I'm hoping, you know, sometime in the future we get like a big program um between the two. Uh you know, one thing a AEW doesn't do a lot or rematches I've noticed like over the past like you know year their first year so I'm hoping and I understand that like we don't want they only have so many pay-per-views but I feel like you could do the rematches like at least on the shows um so I'm hoping that we get a kind of long lasting feud between the two of them uh like you I did enjoy Sheeta and Ford um I was really surprised by how good the match actually was like I we've seen like flashes of talent with Ford I didn't know like she could put together a complete match like this um it was really well done i wish they would have shaved maybe a couple minutes off of it because it did feel a little too like scripted at points but i mean it is what it is it, w- it was a good match so i'm um, hopefully we'll see mm. more out of those two um down the line i think they definitely need that second show at this point too you know not just like dark you know i know they're you know Not rumored. They announced they're going to have a second show. I don't know when that's going to take place. But um, at this point, they have so much talent. um, I feel like they need more screen time because these people aren't out there touring and doing house shows. Um, So I think, you know, people like Ford and Cheetah and the women's division would really, you know, polish their craft, you know, with that extra set of tapings. So, um, but yeah, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I really enjoyed Cody and Jake Hager. I really thought it was a good match. It was well done. Um, The ending was fantastic. I like that they really put Hager over with losing. Um, I love the finish. I love Cody going limp at the end. Um, It made Jake look like a monster, Um, you know, and I'm hoping that he ends up getting a rematch somewhere down the line. It does seem like they kind of wrote him off here for a little bit um, with him punching the ref. So we'll see. I don't think on the second night, did they talk about him getting suspended or anything? I don't recall. Which is weird because they suspended Uh, Big Swole. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but i guess he didn't show up to you know the arena so i don't know maybe they'll bring that up next you know because i was expecting like some kind of like mention on social media or something like that like effective immediately jake hager is suspended for the next month or something mm-hmm. but we didn't get that so that was a little strange um but yeah no i, I thought this was a good first night i do wish they would have put uh cody and hager last um instead of having kenny and Paige um against the best friends uh, my problem with the tag match is i just never believed at any point that the best friends were gonna win you know i thought it was a good enough yeah. match <laughs> um but mm-hmm. there was never a point where i felt like you know the best friends could be walking away with the titles i love their entrance though them them getting driven there by uh, their mother Oh yes. That was fantastic. <laughs> they need to keep that for, like, all the pay-per-views. That that was great. That was uh-huh. a great moment. So, um, I love that team. I really do. So, all right, let's go ahead and shift gears over to NXT, uh, the first week of the Great American Bash. Now, let's get this out of the way. Like, this is just counter-programming at its fucking worst. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we won as fans <laughs> because of this. But mm-hmm. this was this was pretty fucking like, I don't know, like in your face by WWE. I mean, especially calling it a great American bash. What a yeah. bunch of fucking jerks like that's, you know, an event that, you know, Cody's dad came up with and everything. They announced it. I felt like the week not even like on the show the week before it was like like a day after. So it was like six days. Yeah. Like, yeah, on like social six media. days out. I was like, really? Mm hmm. Uh, but yeah yeah but anyway it, it was it was still a solid show i will say that so um christian what were some highlights from the first week of the great american bash for you
0: uh i mean definitely it's gotta be eo shirai versus sasha banks i mean i've been wanting to see that match since eo showed up you know in NXT. Yes. um I did enjoy the fatal four-way match between uh, Tegan Knox, Candice Lee, Ray, Dakota Kai, and Mia Yim, Uh, but I just wasn't really here for you know most of the mid-card in between. Like um, I'm still trying to get to know Loomis better, but he doesn't terrify me. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't. It's it's just a guy staring at a screen, muttering,
1: "Give a shit about (laughs) Dexter Loomis." I really can He's so bland. Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. bring anything. I know it's supposed to be, like, a, you know, part of the character, but, like, to be, like, this, like, stone-faced, you know, quote-unquote killer, but, like, he has no charisma whatsoever, um, and the matches are just a snooze. So, I, I you know, and, and that's saying a lot. I mean, he's facing against, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, Roderick Strong, who doesn't have bad matches, but this was just a grueling 16 minutes for me. So I love the uh, Timothy Thatcher and Only Lorkin match. I-, I need more matches like this. I-, I love seeing that kind of groundwork and just the fucking nastiness of Thatcher and everything. I, you know, I miss mm-hmm. that style of wrestling. We don't get that stateside much anymore. So I'm happy that there's a wrestler like that in NXT. And hopefully they bring some wrestlers like that to, you know, uh, AEW. So I, I I just miss that like Dean Malenko you know dare I say Chris Benoit style of wrestler, um, you know who'll stretch you and just enjoy it. Mm.
0: It was was Only Lurkin supposed to be the face? I guess kind of. It, it was weird because when they both came out, it seems like they gave the crowd the direction to boo at both characters. <laughs> so I was very confused when thatcher came out and i was like they already booed at Oni lurkin so i'm like oh so maybe thatcher is going to be the face of this and they started booing him and i was like what the what the fuck (laughs) the one negative i will say with
1: nxt is their crowd is just so you know canned and scripted like their chants Mm -hmm. and everything and their reactions um they feel like a bad like sitcom like audience um, you know, I like, you know, what AEW does, and they kind of give the guys license, you know, to do what they want out there. And it feels a lot more organic and real. Um, So, mm-hmm. you know, I agree, like, they're, they're, like, there are lots of matches where like what are the what is what the hell is the audience doing? And it's weird. Sometimes like the they just go to sleep too. Have you noticed that? Like during the yes. like you know, more quiet. of the mid card matches, it feels like, you mm-hmm. know, they're giving them less direction, so they just kind of go quiet, um, which is ridiculous. <laughs> like you have control of the audience and you're not having them on their feet for all of the matches. Um, just I don't know. It's it feels like WWE like, you know, thinking. Uh so we don't want exactly. them to
0: outshine, you know, the main event. So don't <laughs> cheer too loud. Even when they're that quiet too, though. And there's there's at least one asshole that'll still be loud yeah. and like say like stupid stuff like, "Oh, what are you going to do?" Yeah. And it's like it, it totally distracts me from the match. And that's the
1: thing. Like <laughs> it feels like they're trying to steal the show too. And it's a bunch of like, you know, mm-hmm. NXT like recruits or whatever. Um So I don't know who's giving them direction, but they're not doing their job well, because it definitely feels like, you know, hey, man, like, calm down. Like, there's a one dude with the mustache. I can't remember his fucking name. You know, he's on and off the NXT show. He's like the rocker guy. He's always in, Um, like, the front Mm -hmm. row um, of Raw. And he's always making the most outlandish like faces and screaming <laughs> at the top of his lungs and everything, like distracting like from the actual matches that are taking place. Mm-hmm. So I, he's he's one of those like mouthy one guys too, where he's like you know shouting things out like during the match and everything, you know, trying to steal spotlights. So I definitely agree. Um, for me, you know, the match on the match of the night on both shows. Was Io Shirai versus, you know, Sasha Banks. I thought it was a great match. Mm. It was something that I was looking forward to, um, you know, and it just shows you the power of WWE. They could just like pull out a wild card like Sasha Banks and like, here, deal with this. You know, someone who has like such (laughs) lineage in NXT and everything, and you Mm. can give us a dream match. Um, You know, it, it feels almost unfair. But I mean, we won because of it, because we got to watch, you know, both great shows. So and I was happy that EO actually got like, you know, the win, even though it was, you know, caused by interference by Asuka. You know, it was still a win regardless.
0: It still just made me wish there was a real crowd there because the pop that all of those moments would have got. I agree.
1: I mean, that happens so much on both shows where I'm like, Mm -hmm. man, if there was a live audience, this would be such a bigger moment. Um, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the second week um, that just took place this past Wednesday. Uh, let's talk some AEW. Uh, what did you think
0: of this night? God damn it, Damon. I love the Lucha <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> and I miss them so much. Um, you know my favorite move in wrestling is the Canadian Destroyer. Yes. So when I saw a Canadian Destroyer to the fucking outside... so
1: absolutely ridiculous
0: <laughs> so
1: incredibly stupid like the, the number of things that could have gone wrong with that move and it was a springboard canadian destroyer yes onto
0: a crowd of people like how many different things could go wrong with that move now ray phoenix is perfect man he he gets it every it's fucking amazing time. though because i mean all it takes is someone to
1: like move or you know something about they they mm-hmm. all stood their ground um and just took that horrendous fucking Canadian destroyer, uh. But it was something that we've never seen before, and we won't soon forget. So, um, that <laughs> that was my match of the night by far. Um, mm-hmm. just great chemistry between all the teams. Um, you know, seeing FTR team up with the Bucks and they're all like you know, teaming with each other and doing like you know both teams move sets and everything. Just great booking. It made it super fun, and just like you said, like I forgot, like I didn't realize how much I was missing the Lucha Brothers, you know, like you know, getting mm. to see them like face off against FTR, you know, and just back in the ring with the Bucks, you know, and you know Butcher and Blade, they held their ground too. That you know, they they definitely pulled their weight in this match. So let's not forget those guys.
0: Yes, I think there was only one flaw moment in the match I could really remember uh there was just like an off um timing thing where like they didn't know who was supposed to be pinning oh uh,
1: yes uh, <laughs> yes but i'm glad that they corrected it and they didn't like mm-hmm. go ahead and like pin the wrong guy so i'm glad that they made sense of it at least all right let's look at the rest of the card how did you feel about the main event
0: um you know i'm a huge orange cassidy fan i loved what we got from there you know I, i'm seeing more and more like he, he kind of did that um nido approach where he's like i'm gonna take it seriously this time and you know that might have been to his detriment because he did that um you know i thought that was a very interesting element to throw in there to his characters like oh he's actually going to take jericho more serious than he would any other opponent i was really <laughs> surprised by this match you know i i didn't
1: Mm -hmm. think it would go this long like it was 18 minutes long um and i it was just solid throughout uh you know and i really started to believe that orange was going to win you know and you know what it wouldn't have hurt jericho at all like if orange would have taken the win here Mm -hmm. so i was actually kind of disappointed at the end when jericho did win um but i he's a hell of an athlete and for him to like you know Take it up to the next gear and be able to like do his shtick and still like hit all those moves so seamlessly. You know, it it takes a lot of talent, you know, and Jericho's just a general in there. He knows exactly how to like, you know, work the match, you know, just chemistry wise and um, just the flow and everything. I really you know, this was another match where I was like, man, if there's an audience here, they would just be going crazy with all the near falls and everything, especially after he like kicks up after um, Jericho hits him with a fucking baseball bat. Because I was like, oh, that's it. You know, so I was Mm. I was really excited. I was like, holy shit, he's going to fucking win this shit. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that was just all a little too much for Orange. You know, he took the pin at the end, but it was a great match Um, because I was I was like, Uh, man, should this be the main event? But they sold me like halfway through the match. I was like, no, this definitely mm -hmm. is worthy of being the main event.
0: My only critique on Orange Cassidy right now is just um, whenever they do the, you know, the back and forth striking. Uh, he kept going in way too fast. Like it would be like punch, punch, punch. And then he starts immediately hitting real fast and it kept happening. Like it happened like three or four times in the match. And it just felt like the pacing for that just wasn't what you would normally see. Especially in the corner.
1: Are you talking about like when they're in the corner? Yeah. No, I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree.
0: Yeah. Take your time. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah,
1: overall, I mean a great showing, um, and just a good payoff. You know, for the little feud that they had going on, I was really impressed with Private Party in the opener. Um, I, you know, the the last you know couple months, their greenness has definitely been showing. Um, but mm-hmm. like you know, the past two weeks, it, they've had some really solid outings. I mean, they're facing like the best of the best. But I mean, they put together a really good match here, and I thought this was a great opener and a way to like get people like hooked into the show.
0: At first, I was, you know, a little off by Matt Hardy being with the group, and it's starting to click a little bit better for me. Um, How do you feel? I'm not a
1: fan. I don't get it. It feels a little (laughs) shoehorned. I don't understand it, but you know, we'll see where it goes. I think they had to like pull a one eighty just because, uh, you know, everything with Sammy. Uh, Hardy seemed like he was, you know, working towards some kind of program with Sammy. So um, it is what it is. But yeah, no. Uh, Also, did you notice in the match, I felt like Kenny had more of an edge. To his character I know they kind of teased him Going back to like his cleaner Persona on being the elite this past Week Um, Mm -hmm. you know he's dyed his Hair darker and everything like that Um, (laughs) It seems like you know We're not getting that like friendly side Of Kenny at this point you know he's not The warm cuddly Kenny that we've Grown to know in um, AEW So I'm hoping that you know Maybe uh, instead of Paige Turning heel we get Kenny turning Heel
0: down the road Mm Mm-hmm. I mean that's my thoughts. I mean, Paige got himself over, and now I think I think this is a great time for Omega to yes. turn heel. I would love to see fucking heal Omega on AEW. I mean, that'd be great. And you know what? You could turn the bucks mm. with him, too. Exactly. You know,
1: have just have the elite. You know, be heels. Um, that that definitely works. But do we have too many heels? Though? Um. <laughs> yes, but that's why we need that second show. <laughs> because <laughs> that is a lot of heels <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean you could have uh cody and ftr team up and be like super baby faces there's been that rumor of them like you know doing a four horsemen gimmick
0: i guess I lost uh can you can still hear me right because you're frozen on my end but i can hear you hello i i i take it you can't hear me we are having connection problems today. We're almost there too. Uh, Any better? Hello? Can you yes. Hear me now? Hold on. <laughs> All right, what was I saying
1: last time you heard me?
0: Um, well, you were talking about FTR becoming babyfaces with Cody, and I said, oh, I guess. <laughs>
1: I mean, you could have FTR and Cody, you know, you know, be babyfaces, and uh, there's been that rumor of them like becoming kind of a four horsemen type stable. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, maybe that could happen.
0: I hear you, but I want that to be heel as well. That's the <laughs> problem. <laughs> you can't have an organization of just heels <laughs> you know a whole wrestling only yeah. heel factions <laughs> it's not gonna work Christian. <laughs> someone's gotta be the baby face
1: so it can't be like I everyone guess. versus the jurassic express any more matches that uh stand
0: out uh to you for uh fighter night two i think the only match i would probably complain about was lance archer uh and joey janela i thought that really? Went on way really i liked it i
1: <laughs> i thought it did a good job putting uh, archer over and I like that Joey, like, actually got some, like, offense in it, offense in it. it wasn't just a complete squash, um, but yeah,
0: I, I, I don't know, I dug it. I don't know, I could shave, like, five minutes off that bitch. I didn't <laughs> need, like, a squash
1: mash from Nyla Rose. I felt like you could have had her, like, in there with, like, a worthy opponent, at least. I
0: know, uh, I know actions speak louder than words, but I still would have liked to have actually heard something in your message not just i as you can see this is what i'm doing oh like, yeah what yeah <laughs> that's the best promo so uh who do you think they're gonna pair her with oh i have no idea as her manager the first thought i went straight to brandy Rhodes. yes
1: <laughs> yeah i agree that kind of it feels like they need something for brandy uh-huh. um that's kind of where i felt like they were going but uh, who knows uh, you know, or maybe they're bringing someone from the outside. So, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see where at least There's too many managers in AEW yeah. <laughs> and I love managers, but there's too many managers. Um, speaking of which, how did you feel about the uh, FTW
0: belt uh, showing up? Uh, I mean, I don't know much about its history, so I didn't, it didn't do anything for me. <laughs> it's okay.
1: But like, you know, once again, you know, Taz is fantastic, and I love Taz. He's taking way too much spotlight away from Brian Cage. And, like, I, like right now, like, I'm all, like, excited to see, like, John Moxley face off against Taz, except it's not, like, <laughs> 1997. So uh-huh. we're not going to get that match, unfortunately. Uh, like, like, the fact that he's, like, giving him the FTW belt on top of it, Like, I don't know where they're going to go with that. It just seems pointless. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It was cool to see it, but, you know, just out of nostalgia's sake as an old ECW fan. But at the same time, like, I feel like they need to pump, you know, the brakes on Taz and let, you know, Cage talk more. You know, give him at least, you know, 10 seconds of promo time, you know, every time they're out there because he's just kind of standing in the background so it's like strictly the Taz show right now.
0: No, like even during that like whole belt segment, he just looked like a big kid standing behind Taz, yes. you know, waiting for his present. You know, it it just it didn't do anything for me. No, no, I agree.
1: All right, let's go ahead and let's move on to NXT night, uh,
0: night number two. All right, I will start off with saying I, I liked parts of Candice Ray versus Bam. But watching the match felt for me like I was playing WWE 2K game and just waiting for something cool to happen half the time. Like I'm yes. setting up all the shit, but I, I'm constantly missing it. <laughs> so uh, the problem with doing like a street fight kind of match like that, like
1: it needs to like have this kind of crescendo where it like builds to something. Mm-hmm. But they like just started right off the bat, you know, with just, you know, the weapons and everything. There's only so much of that um, that you can have without it just becoming like without you just becoming numb to it after a while. Like it's got to build to something. Um, And I think the biggest flaw was just the structure of the match. Um, I did enjoy the Johnny Gargano and Swerve match. I loved, you know, especially the first, like, five minutes of it. Uh, Bronson Reed versus Tony Nese was okay-ish. I feel like they need to figure out whether or not, you know, they're going to really stick with Bronson Reed. It feels Mm. like once in a while they, like, pull him out, and they're like, oh, look at that, you know, a cool new toy. And they push him for, like, a couple weeks, and they they just kind of forget about him again. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it... You know, push the guy. He seems talented, and he he can work. So I yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing more of him.
0: Um, yeah, I agree. I, I enjoy, I enjoy what I see for Reed, Uh, but I, I'm not sold on him just yet. Um, and Johnny Garano versus Swerve is probably like the first. Gorgano match i've liked in a little while i don't know why i've been so sour on Gorgano, but i i actually got into this a bit i loved all the beginning of it it, it did get a little i don't know it was a little too long probably uh mm-hmm. for what they were doing but you know there wasn't a point where i
1: felt like swerve was gonna win mm-hmm. you know um so yeah 14 minutes feels a little too long yes um <laughs> so you know at the end it get did kind of like start to like get a little stale for me so, and I agree with you with Johnny. And I don't know what it is. I haven't been able to put my finger on why that is. I don't know if it's just the heel persona. Um I don't know if he has more like, you know, go home heat with me <laughs> or like <laughs> just go away heat. Uh-huh. So, uh, but yeah, you know, I it's just it, it's not clicking with me right now. So, um it was cool to see Mercedes back. Um, you know, apparently she's a heel, <laughs> which I thought was kind of weird. I was like why is everyone booing her? So I, I maybe I missed something, <laughs> uh, but then you know I, I think the night definitely belongs to Keith Lee. Um, it was it was a solid match and a huge moment for him. Even though WWE decided to spoil that, and you can't convince me it wasn't WWE behind that photo <laughs> leaking. I can't. You know, even fathom, you know, one of the wrestlers being that stupid to post Uh that on Instagram. It feels like they're trying to get that like mankind pop in the ratings that they did back in like the late nineties when uh, Nitro went ahead and leaked that mankind was going to win the title, and then everyone literally turned the channel. So I felt like it was their way of making sure that hey, make sure you watch because there's going to be a title change. Mm -hmm. Um, And it worked because they they won three weeks in a row now. So um, you know, good on them. It is what. (laughs) it (laughs) is um but you know overall like i felt like this was the weaker of the nights
0: um you know for nxt but it was still a solid show not not to get too uh go far back but the mercedes martinez like promos that they were doing beforehand i did not get heel vibes from them i got like you know she's she's a badass but that's you know beyond that i I didn't feel like she was gonna be a bad guy yeah but the crowd was it was weird i was like what's going on what did i miss
1: and maybe i missed a promo or something i don't know but yeah it it was a little jarring for me so (laughs) i was like okay sure um we're booing but yeah no anyway yeah i mean huge moment for keith lee i have Hmm. no idea what they're gonna do now that he has both titles I don't know if it's going to be kind of like an ultimate warrior type deal. When he won both belts, he ended up like literally, I think the next week, you know, putting the IC title up, you know, in a tournament. So I don't know if that's going to be the deal or if he's going to hold on both belts and defend them. So I kind of hope it's the latter because, I mean, what's the point of winning both belts then Mm -hmm. if you're not going to keep them? So, um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's WWE. So it's anyone's guess what's happening.
0: I'm I'm thinking Cross is gonna come in and get the title like pretty fast.
1: I think so too. Mm-hmm. Um they had him like, you know, watching in the background after, you know, his victory and everything. So they're definitely laying some breadcrumbs that, you know, Cross is gonna be his next opponent. So I mean, what does that mean for Adam Cole? Where does he go from here? Hopefully it's not up to the main roster. <laughs> <sighs> so, um but yeah, no, I mean overall, hey. Two great weeks of wrestling from both shows. Uh, next week seems to be more of the same. Uh, we're mm. gonna have Moxley uh, versus Brian Cage. Uh, we didn't even talk about that. That Moxley was supposed to actually wrestle, you know, this past week, but couldn't because of COVID. Uh, with um his wife coming down with it, he didn't want to, you know, risk, you know, infecting the entire EW locker room. Um, I did like seems... Taz's comments there, though. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome, <laughs> Taz. When he's on, man, he's on. Um, but I mean. Uh, how uh, refreshing was it that Moxley, you know, was going to protect everyone? We're in like WWE, you know, what, like 30 people ended up yeah. getting it. At least <laughs> rumored. Because <laughs> they just apparently don't believe in it over there in, in uh, WWE. So it makes sense. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so but yeah, no, we've got uh, Moxley versus Cage and then. Yeah, and over on NXT, we have uh, Nox uh, going up against Io Shirai for the championship.
0: And also, the week's not over. Uh, Dominion's going to come out this weekend. Uh, that's New Japan's big summer show, usually. Yeah, no, I'm going to have to go ahead
1: and uh, resubscribe <laughs> to New Japan. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, why am I still subscribed to this if there's no wrestling really happening?
0: And then <laughs> they went ahead and start wrestling again, so it's time to resubscribe. Absolutely. All right, well, it's time to close out the show all right but before we head out make sure to head over to drama where you can hear us and plenty of other great podcasts that's right and if you're listening
1: to us on your favorite podcast platform make sure you subscribe rate and give us a five-star review
0: yeah it definitely helps an independent podcast like us keep on going and you know what if you like any of the stories that we talked about this episode make sure you go ahead and follow us on facebook instagram twitter and see the full versions of these articles plus a whole lot more yeah you can follow us at amazing nerd show that's your nerd hub for all things pop culture Hey, and if you're looking to further support the show,
1: go ahead and buy some merch over at Public. They have shirts, they have sweatshirts, I
0: think they have mugs, bumper stickers, the works, man. Absolutely. And you can also head over to ProWrestlingTees.com and find our merch there as well. Yeah, and while you're at it, go ahead and pick up your favorite wrestler's t-shirt. All right, Christian, next week we're going to be reviewing the horror film Relic. That's right, Damon, and a whole lot more. So until then, my name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that's The Amazing Nerd Show. All it takes is one bad day. That's how far the world is from where I am. Just one bad day.